0: The past is shrouded in mystery. To understand it, you have to get up close.
1: Something happened to our collective psyche after the
0: atom bomb. On NPR's Throughline, we reopen stories from the past to find clues to the present. Find Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Hi,
2: I'm Dave Isai, founder of StoryCorps. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Dignity Memorial. Did you know that a prepaid funeral plan is one of the greatest gifts you can give your family? Plan your life celebration in advance to protect your loved ones. For additional information, visit DignityMemorial.com. RFK, RFK!
3: RFK! RFK! Just after midnight on June 5th, 1968, Senator Robert F. Kennedy and his supporters were celebrating at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. Thank you very much. The results from the presidential primary were in, and Kennedy had won the state.
1: I want to express my uh, gratitude to uh, my dog, Freckles.
4: And I, it's not,
1: I'm not doing this in the order of importance, but I also want to thank my uh, wife, Ethel.
3: <laughs> but Kennedy's campaign, and all the hope that it symbolized for so many people, came to an end that night. Just minutes after giving that speech, while he was greeting supporters in the hotel kitchen, Kennedy was shot in the head by an assassin named Sirhan Sirhan.
1: Everybody, please stay back. Please stay back. We need a doctor.
0: What happened? You know, Nobody said he's been
1: shot.
3: The moments right after the shooting were caught by a young L.A. Times photographer. In this iconic image, Kennedy's lying sprawled on the floor— a teenage busboy is kneeling beside him, cradling the senator's head. If you look at the picture today, there's something really haunting about it, even all these decades later. So in this episode, the story behind that famous photo. It's the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. I'm Camila Kashani. The photo we're talking about is up on our website, storycore.org. But let me describe it for you. It's in black and white, with a dramatic contrast between dark and light. Senator Kennedy's limbs are bent at awkward angles. His fist is clenched, and his head is being held up by this teenager. He's a busboy in a white uniform, and his eyes are closed, but his mouth is kind of open, like he's calling for help. Now we're going to hear from the man who took that photo. His name is Boris Yarrow, and he was a photographer with the L.A. Times for decades. Boris was 80 when he recorded with us. He'd retired after having a stroke, and you'll hear how that affected his speech. The night Senator Kennedy was shot, Boris's editor sent him home early. He said the next day's paper was already full, and he didn't need anything else.
0: I was watching the elections on television. The announcer said that Kennedy is in the lead and probably going to be the candidate. And I was living not far from the Ambassador Hotel. So I said, to hell with it. I'm going to go. I had my press pass, but I wasn't there on assignment. I was trying to find a picture of Bobby Kennedy for me, for my wall. He gave his acceptance speech. Then Got off of the podium and started to shake hands from well wishers. And then all of a sudden, pop, 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 the crowd separated like Moses parting the Red Sea. And Kennedy was putting his hands up like a boxer, trying to avoid getting hit. Bobby I saw him slump to the ground. And one of the first pictures that I took Kennedy sprawled out on the floor, nobody around him except the busboy. His legs were splayed toward me, and I saw the blood drop out of his ear. I found the phone booth in the lobby and told the editor, Sir, Bobby Kennedy has been shot and I have film. Says Get down here now. I ran into the Times office, finished dictating to a reporter what I had seen. And then I went back to the dark room, and uh, I cried. I hate that damn picture. I had no copy in the house. I didn't like it then and then not crazy about it now. I had covered the watch riots in 1965. JFK was killed. Martin Luther King was killed. I was seeing anger in the world. And it was getting worse. Bobby Kennedy was gonna be the knight in shining armor. And didn't get uh, a chance.
3: That was retired LA Times photographer Boris Yarrow in Northridge, California. What happened in the hotel kitchen that night? Also, deeply troubled the busboy in Boris's photo. His name was Juan Romero. When we come back, we'll hear his story.
2: This message comes from NPR sponsor Subaru. In June, as part of the Subaru Loves to Care initiative, Subaru and its retailers partner with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in their local hospital or cancer treatment center to give warm blankets and messages of hope to cancer patients. Subaru and its retailers will have supported nearly 300,000 patients by the end of this year. Subaru is proud to be the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's largest automotive donor. Learn more at Subaru.com care.
3: Juan Romero was 17 years old when he got a job as a busboy at the Ambassador Hotel. He and his family had immigrated to the U.S. from Mexico when he was a kid. Just one day before Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated, Juan remembered helping deliver his room service.
4: They opened the door, and the senator was tugging on the phone. He put on the phone and says, Come on in, boys. You can tell when he was looking at you that he's not looking through you. He's taking you into account. And I remember walking out of there like I was 10 feet tall. The next day, he had his victory speech. So they came down the service elevator, which is behind the kitchen. I remember extending my hand as far as I could. And then I remember him shaking my hand. And as he let go, somebody shot him. I kneeled onto him and put my hand between the cold concrete and his head, just to make him comfortable. I could see his lips moving, so I put my ear next to his lips, and I heard him say, is everybody okay? I said, yes, everybody's okay. I could feel the steady stream of blood coming through my fingers. I had a rosary in my shirt pocket, and I took it out, thinking that he would need it a lot more than me. I wrapped around his right hand, and then they wheeled him away. The next day, I decided to go to school. I didn't want to think about it. But this woman was reading the newspaper, and you can see my picture in there with the senator on the floor. She turned around and showed me the picture and says, This is you, isn't it? And uh, I remember looking at my hands, and there was dry blood in between my nails. Then I received bags of letters addressed to the busboy. There was a couple of angry letters. One of them even went as far as to say that if he hadn't stopped to shake your hand, the senator would have been alive. So I should be ashamed of myself for being so selfish. It's been a long 50 years, and I still get emotional uh, tears come out. But I went to visit his grave in 2010. I felt like I needed to... Asked Kennedy to forgive me for not being able to stop those bullets from harming him, and I felt like you know it would be a, a sign of respect to buy a suit. I never owned a suit in my life, and so when I wore the suit and I stood in front of his grave, I felt a a little bit like the first day that I that I met him. I felt important. I felt American, and I felt good.
1: We must recognize the full human equality of all of our people before God, before the law, and in the councils of government. We must do this not because it is economically advantageous, although it is, not because the laws of God command it, although they do, not because people in other lands wish it so. We must do it for the single and fundamental reason that it is the right thing to do. And the road is strewn with many dangers. First is the danger of futility, The belief there is nothing one man or one woman can do against the enormous array of the world's ills, against misery, against ignorance, or injustice and violence. Each time a man stands up for an ideal, or acts to improve the lot of others, or strikes out against injustice, he sends forth a tiny ripple of hope.  — And crossing each other from a million different centers of energy and daring, those ripples build a current which can sweep down the mightiest walls of oppression and resistance. —
3: Senator Robert F. Kennedy, speaking to the National Union of South African Students, an anti-apartheid group at the University of Cape Town, in 1966. Before that, you heard Juan Romero, a busboy who was photographed cradling the senator's head in the moments after the shooting. Juan died in October of 2018, shortly after he recorded with StoryCorps. He was 68 years old. And Boris Yarrow, the photographer of that photo, died in March of 2020 at the age of 81 That's all for this episode of the StoryCorps Podcast. It was produced by Michael Garofalo, Jed S.T. Kendall, and David Herman. Eleanor Vasily is our senior producer. Our associate producer is Max Young-Rice. Our technical director is Jarrett Floyd. Jasmine Morris is our story consultant. To see what music we use in the episode, go to storycorps.org, where you can also check out original artwork by Lynn Lucia. For the StoryCorps Podcast, I'm Camille Kishani. Catch you next week.
0: Support for this podcast comes
2: from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. We can see not a single state. We can see not a single vote.
1: The new podcast, Landslide. The forgotten story of how a presidential race led to today's parties and division.
4: Winning the presidency is the most important thing, but how much do you do to win it?
1: landslide part of the npr network subscribe now imagine a house where every room follows a different architect's plan doorways don't connect staircases lead nowhere lost patients is a new podcast examining our complicated system for treating psychosis one that loses patients to an endless loop between the streets jail and hospitals we'll ask how it got so bad and how it can get better listen to lost patients from kow and the seattle times part of the npr network
0: history is intriguing but unlike the present, it can feel far off. On NPR's Throughline, we bring it back to life. I will toss you in the air like a lion. I will leave no one alive in your realm. Go inside the stories from then that shape the world we live in now. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.